Welcome to another edition of The Greater Work, the audio outreach of Christ Worker Ministries. Listen in as experienced employee and minister, Sean Gibson brings biblical insights to help you worship God, both in and with your labor. Now, let's get to work. Welcome back to The Greater Work Podcast. I'm Sean Gibson. We're continuing our series, Sexual Temptation at Work. Now, in the previous episodes, we discussed emotional affairs and what to do if you find yourself in one. In this episode, we're going to take a very candid look at how our flesh and its sexual desires can take us down a road that we don't want to go. The Bible says in Galatians 5, So I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh craves what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are opposed to each other, so that you do not do what you want to do. Now let's get real. Sometimes we walk around in the spirit, and we're not struggling with our flesh. We're reading our Bible, we're praying, we're going to church, and really we're hitting it on all cylinders. We feel almost like a spiritual dynamo. Even in our work life, we seem to be moving in God's favor and in his blessing. And unfortunately, then there's those times where we feel like we've just had a welcome back party for our flesh and all of its desires. While not full-on backslidden, we're just not as spiritually minded as we need to be, and we've diverted our ways from that of the Spirit. It's during these times, while you may still see some of God's blessings in your life, including your work life, my friend, you're living in mercy mode, and you're just not aware of it. Now, when we're not walking in step with the Holy Spirit and giving room for our flesh, that is when we will begin to see those small compromises surface that can turn into huge mistakes. Let's look at two situations in the Bible to help us understand how we can get drawn into sexual desires in our workplace. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1-4, through 4, we read, In the springtime, at the time when kings march out to war, David sent Joab and his servants and the whole army of Israel. They destroyed the Ammonites, besieged Reba, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and strolled around on the roof of the palace. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing, a very beautiful woman. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And he was told, This is Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent the messenger to get her. And when she came to him, he slept with her. For some reason, it says in verse 1 that the kings usually go out to war in the spring, for this was battle season. However, David decided to delegate his role in battle to another leader, Joab, and instead he stayed home back at the castle. Let's get some lessons here that we can observe and apply into our experience. Lesson number one, keep doing your job. When we are in our place of work and we do not do our job, my friends, we are opening the door for something else to take its place. These are the times when we get into those conversations that go past work talk. While building rapport is essential for some careers like sales, Even so, you still have to sell something. You aren't being paid to be an excellent conversationalist. Get back to work and focus. David did not do his job. He let someone else do it. And as a result, I think we know what happened. Lesson number two, keep your rest schedule. It says that David got up one night, walked around the roof of his palace. Again, if he were on the battlefield, he would have been worn out from working so hard. But instead, because he was taking it easy... His sleep rhythms were not fully engaged. My friend, in Ecclesiastes 5, verse 12, it says, The sleep of a worker is sweet. When we work hard, the Bible says that our sleep will be sweet. 
When we do not sleep, well, let's be honest, we can't fire on all cylinders and can easily forget walking in the spirit, and that opens up the door for a compromise to the flesh. A third lesson, we need to be careful about what we look at. Again, when we aren't engaged in our work and aren't sleeping well, we'll typically look and listen for whatever we want to keep us awake or to add some excitement to our life. When David was restless, he went upstairs, walked around the roof of his palace, and that is when he saw Bathsheba bathing herself, and he just couldn't stop looking. Now, most people will reach for their cell phones and start scrolling if they're up at night, unable to sleep. Whether it's social media or an intentional search for porn, when we are not fully engaged in the spirit, we can find ourselves doing almost anything to fill that void. Again, if we aren't involved in satisfying hard work and resting with the sweet sleep that the Bible says, the results are that our bodies and minds, they will gravitate towards something that can bring satisfaction. And in this case, it's satisfying the flesh. A fourth lesson that we can learn from David's fall, he ignored warnings. When David asked who this woman was, the messenger not only told him her name, but also said who her dad was and whom she was married to. In a way, this guard was warning King David about who this lady was. However, all of these names and connections did not mean a thing to him. David became so sexually aroused by seeing Bathsheba naked that he lost all sense of control. Ultimately, he was judged by God and he missed out on some significant blessings for both he and his family. In like manner, just as that messenger warned David, the word of God warns us in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11. Now these things happened to them as examples and were written down to us for warnings. If we begin looking at co-workers or clients sexually, if left unchecked, we will likely make the same mistake that David did. Again, if we start having feelings of sexual attraction in the workplace, we must pay attention to the warning signs and get back on track. Now, while it's easy to think that sexual attractions always begin with the eyes, what we hear can also draw us down a road of sexual infidelity. In Proverbs 5 verses 3 through 8, we receive another warning. Though the lips of a forbidden woman, or some people would say strange woman in today's times, drip like honey and her speech is smoother than oil. In the end, she is as bitter as wormwood, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight into hell. She does not consider the path of life. She doesn't know that her ways are unstable. So listen, my son, do not turn aside from the words of my mouth. Keep your path far from her and do not go near her house. Now again, in verses three through six, we pick up another lesson, our fifth one, flattery can destroy you sexually. Some people, both men and women alike, are starved for a positive word of affirmation. Regrettably, they aren't getting those positive words from their spouse and are so desperate to hear something that makes them feel good. As the expression goes, we go where we're celebrated, not tolerated. If someone in your workspace gives you attention that you aren't getting from your spouse, you may fall prey to the enemy's plans. Whether you're male or female, we all need words of affirmation. We all need to hear that we're special, that we're loved, and that we're adored. Yet, when we do not follow God as strongly as we need to and do not receive that verbal affirmation, we're on some dangerous ground. My friends, let me encourage you. Begin saying meaningful things to your spouse. Compliment them. Thank them. Be their greatest encourager. If you need this type of verbal affirmation and haven't been getting it, pull your spouse aside and let them know how you feel. You deserve their love and you deserve their affection. Remind them that they need to offer this to you. 
As we've just discussed, the two more common ways sexual arousal starts in the workplace. If you've fallen, please know that God can forgive you. You can get back on track and you can make things right. It begins with acknowledging that what you've done is wrong and asking him to help you love him again with your entire being. Even if you haven't gone off the deep end, but have opened the door to some compromise, again, there's forgiveness for you. You have a chance to turn things around before you go too far. Let's pray. Father, I pray for that one listening right now. This is not an easy message to both give or to listen to. We all need this. So Father, right now I pray that you would strengthen us with your Holy Spirit in the area of purity in our lives. Help us to make a covenant with our eyes, like Job said. Help us to dedicate this gift of sight to what is beautiful, to what is right and pure in your eyes. Father, we're not afraid of the the sexual gift that you've given us, and thank you that you've given us a spouse that we can utilize that, that blessing. But Father, remind us that we've not been given that gift to use with just anybody. Help us to dedicate our affections, one, towards you, and two, towards our spouse. And I pray specifically also for those that are desperate and looking for a word of encouragement and affirmation. I pray that you would strengthen those marriages and also let those marriages be ones where they are affirming, where they're encouraging, and they remind each other daily how loved they are. Father, I thank you for this in the very wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Greater Work, a Christ Worker Ministries podcast. The Greater Work is supported by hardworking listeners just like you. To learn more about Christ Worker Ministries and how you can become part of our growing outreach, visit ChristWorker.org.